3D6 down the line. All right, here we go. Okay, after long last, I'd say probably close to eight months, I think we're actually back with a new session zero of um, our OSE game, which has changed from Stonehill to Dolmenwood. So we're going to do a... Uh, the idea is is that instead of it being like a mega dungeon where the whole thing takes place in a dungeon it, um, There will be a number of different possible dungeons that you may go into but in general It's going to be more of like a hex crawl. Um, so we'll be exploring this um, sort of mystical British folklore based uh, Forest mini campaign that was made by Gavin Norman the same person who wrote um, and compiled old school essentials, which is the system that we're using so um uh, with that said, oh, oh yeah, I wanted to give a quick shout out to all of the uh, people on YouTube who have subscribed and liked and uh, made comments on our original um, Session Zero, and I really appreciate the patience that everyone has shown um, in the interim time as we played through a bunch of other really cool games that were not broadcast. Um, but my turn has come up again, so here we are again. So thanks again for to everyone for um, hanging in there, and uh, we are all back, so let's get to it. So, um, as I said, as I told you guys before, um, we need to make new characters, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you, if you really like that character that you made back in April, um, it might be possible for you to recreate them. But that said, like the general concept, but you know, they may, they're probably going to have all, all sorts of different ability scores. Um, but if you really like the concept of like the mage Ted or something like that, um, uh, depending on what you roll, it's very possible for that you could play that again. Um, it just might be slightly different, but um, the, we do have a bunch of really interesting new um, uh, options for you now with Dolmenwood. So once again, um, it is human only. All right. So, but uh, where is my house rules here? Um, so you, the classes that you can play are cleric, the Dolmenwood knight which is not the advanced fantasy player's knight. That's a different a different kind. Um, a druid, a fighter, a friar, um, which is from Dolmenwood, a hunter, which is from Dolmenwood, an illusionist, a mage, a magic user, a minstrel, which is from Dolmenwood, and a thief. So those are the, the classes that are available to you. So um, the Dolmenwood classes are specifically in that, in that document that I put up on Discord. Um, the mage is in Carcass Crawler Zero. And everything else is in the Advanced Fantasy Player's Tome. Um, so those are your options. Now, uh, I am going to make it... Uh, so the way that we're going to do dice rolling... Uh, we did, The last time we did, I don't know if you remember, we, we did the 2d6 plus 6 method, which created, like, pretty awesome scores. And we didn't really... I didn't foresee, for some reason, the math didn't click with me, that, that it automatically meant that you rolled 6 on, a, on 3d6, is what that basically meant, and you're adding 2d6 more. Um... Uh, so what we're going to do is we're, we're going to do the classic 46 drop lowest, which has um, been the standard pretty much across editions, that sort of thing. That's going to, the probability curve on that is going to get you to like um, 14 is is like I think the most likely to roll, I believe. Um, so it's, it's pretty decent. You're going to get a decent set of scores unless you're extremely unlucky. Um, but in order to mitigate just going slap happy with everything, um, it's going to be six times down the line, no changes, no rerolls. 
you get to roll that shit once and it goes straight down the line strength intelligence wisdom dex con charisma that's the order the old school the old school way all right so make sure that um either you write that down or you see that on your character sheet there um no roll no rerolls no mulligans nothing so this will determine what you can play but do remember too that old school essentials um there are not a lot of strict requirements especially for human classes if you were an elf or a halfling or a dwarf for instance it's a little bit tougher to meet some of the requirements but um, for humans it's not too shabby so um why don't we start with uh, just going down the line? Then we'll talk about what your class options are and go through some of them. So uh, go ahead and roll them dice. Yep. I'm just going to give you a warning that my um, awesome computer will not let me open any of your, your OSC attachments. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. Apparently I have some sort of viral uh, scan issues or something. So uh, I'll be flying blind. All right. We got your back. Thanks, man. I got a pull up on screen here. I'll can't wait to make my minstrel with the three charismas. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Okay. One at a time, John, or? Uh, no, you're all rolling dice, so you know, yeah, just right. go ahead and roll your dice. Do you want to use an online die roller for stats or anything, or can I just put down? A no, all dice rolling is by it was the honor system. Um, just remember, you're kicking yourself if you cheat. So. Uh, Don't you gotta put you gotta put morals on us and stuff. <laughs> All right, forty six and drop the lowest. All right. Yep. Down the line. Ooh, Twelve strength. Fourteen strength. Not bad. Thirteen. Ooh. Fifteen intelligence. Yeah. Why don't you just call them out as you get them? That'd be kind of cool. So people can. Kinda... Eleven ants. Okay. I want to show you guys this. I'm going to show you this one for real quick. Tina. I don't know if you can see that. I can't see you it. see that? No. It seemed to be some kind of excuse. What is it? It is a three ones and a three for my wisdom. I might need a calculator to do that one. I'm oh, sure. Ted. That's unfortunate. Three ones and a three. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Chain influence. Somebody's casting evil spells on us, man. <laughs> what uh, the? Okay, I got a ten wisdom. I will. I will save us all. All right, there you go. What did I get? I got five, a six, a three. Thirteen con. Amazingly, that's not the worst character ever. Fourteen wisdom. Yeah. <sighs> I'm rolling right. pretty good, honestly. Shut up, David. Nobody wants to hear about your. <laughs> I, more than anyone here, would prefer to have the worst stats. Okay. Yeah, you would, and that's that's the bitter irony. Yeah. All right. Well, here we go. Sixteen con. That's that's that'll work. Fourteen decks. Pretty average, except for you know the one-legged bread over here at the max point. Fourteen charisma. Okay, everyone got their stats done? Four, yeah. con, one more. Always the slowest. 11 charisma. Okay, does anyone have um, uh, 16 or higher or anything? Just raise your hand. Okay. What? So, <laughs> Matt, you, bro. Matt, what is your, what is your 16? <laughs> I have a 16 in con. Con, okay. Does anyone have lower than an 8? 
Yes. Okay. What do you What do you guys have lower than eight? Five wisdom. Uh, uh, constitution. Five, five constitution. <laughs> Holy shit! All right. Okay. Cool. Okay, trust me, nothing bad can happen. It's, it's all good. All right. Cool. All You're right. Gonna be running around with a fighter oh. with two hit points again. I can feel it. I feel it coming. Um. Okay. So. Uh. Your. Okay. Let's see how we do this. Here. Give me a second. Let's look at our requirements. And then we've got the player's tome here. All right, so a cleric, I believe is only a, a wisdom. No, okay, so um, let's just run down the line what the requirements are so you, just, so you know what you're able to do. Cleric, there is no requirement. None. You can have as low wisdom as you want. Doesn't matter. Dolmenwood Knight requires a um, con nine and a wisdom. I mean, a con nine or a dexterity nine. Um, a druid. Uh, no requirements. Fighter. No requirements. Friar has no requirements. The friar look a month. No, it's not a monk at all. It's like a, like a friar. Uh, the hunter requires a con nine and a wisdom nine. The illusionist requires a dex nine. Interesting. Um, the magic user, I believe, is non no requirements. Um, the minstrel requires an intelligence of nine. And I think the thief is no requirements either. No requirements. Um, and then the mage. Going through all my books here. Oh. None. Yeah. None. Now, all of these things have prime requisites, but the prime requisites, all they do is give you either a 5% or 10% bonus based upon right. what your score is in those. Um, so you what don't you really. To, and what do you have to have over in your prereq before you get the bonus? Uh, I believe it's 13 to 15, I believe, is how that works. 15 gets you a 5% bonus, and 16 and higher gets you the 10% bonus. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I probably will end up playing uh, the Magic User then, guys, just so you know. I have a pretty decent, pretty decent end score. What was your end? 15. Oh, nice. I will, uh, <coughs> with a 14 dex... I will probably either do a hunter or <coughs> bless you. I guess I could do a thief as well. Oh, I don't seem to have the stats for an illusionist. Where's that at? You gotta have a dex of nine. No, no, I meant the the, the character description. The advanced fantasy player's it's tome. Yeah, it's in yeah, the PHP. Yeah. 62. Page yep. 62. I don't think there is. It's a dex 9 minimum prime record. That's the wrong two. Did you hear me? I'm sorry. What? Did you say, John? Can you guys not hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can, I can hear you. Someone asked me a question. David was, I think. I did not. I answered your question, Ted. My question? You paid 
Yeah, I think I must have the wrong PDF here. I have the OSC Players Rules Tome, and that's the wrong one. In the resources, the Advanced yep. Fantasy Players Tome. Okay. So is there a class where Khan is your prime? C1. Um, it sounded like the Dolman would knight needed a con had a con requirement. That's a requirement. A That's different. Requirement, than... and I'm lo- and I'm looking at knight. That could be fun. Uh, has anyone decided what they're going to play? Magic user. Magic user. Okay. Uh, I'll be a hunter. Why not? We're in the woods. Let's do it. I never play. You have the uh, requirements. I do. Okay. It's basically a reskin ranger, right? I don't know, actually. Hold on. It's like a ranger, but it's, um, it's I think, cooler. It's Nice. It's got some more interesting stuff going on. I never play rangers, so we're going to do it, y'all. Uh, so it's on page 42 of the Dolmenwood Player's Book. Yep, we got it. <laughs> oh, uh, Animal Companions, though. The... Mm-hmm. Do you not want to? Uh, am I wrong in assuming that you you dislike the old companion? I do in any edition that's not old school D anD. d Fair enough. <laughs> any edition where they're like got some sort of fucking stat block and powers and like yeah. that kind of bullshit. Like, <laughs> no, thank you. So John, uh, I can't access your Dolmenwood thing, but I found the um, OSC book on Necrotic Gnome. Is there any substantial changes to the Magic user for that? Uh, no, the magic user. You have the rules for the magic user from the Necrotic Gnome website. I oh, from the SRD. Drive. Yeah, that's that's yeah. That, drive through RPG. That, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, if you want to play something that's more flavorful or something like that, don't not play just because you don't you can't pop it up on your screen right now. Yeah, I can screen cap and send it to you via the Discord. Cool. I'll sort out my viral thing later. Um. What's is the mage more like a more like a gish than than a, just a spellcaster? Yeah, you get a it's sword. A, he cast spells. He's got some like uh, arcane knowledge. He can cast scrolls. Uses swords. Doesn't wear armor. Yeah, it's sort of orthogonal to what you. It's what I was going to play in Stonehill, but I this set of stats is not any good for a mage. So, well, does anyone else want to play that? Because I I can play that class too. If it's, that's more flavorful, right? That's like more in tune with the Dolmenwood theme. No, it's it's not. It has nothing no. to do. It has nothing to do with do with Dolman. It's just a different way of playing a magic user, in that you don't you don't get to ever choose your spells. You just have a set number of abilities, just like a thief does, and you have percent chance percent chances to do those things. Gotcha. But that's it, right? It's you know, it's like a it's like a magic user greatest hits sort of thing. I'm going to stick with the regular old vanilla magic user. Okay. Has anyone else chosen their class? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be a Dolmenwood Knight. Great. And Ted? Any idea, Ted? Okay, take your time. I gotta say, a five constitution makes it hard. <laughs> Sounds like you need to be a cleric so you can uh, pray pray for survival. <laughs> it's hard for any class. I mean, every class needs con. The problem, like, the, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to complain, but like the the ability scores that I have best suited to characters with low hit points already. <laughs> 
and uh, a five con is not going to help that. Steve, you want to um, slink, slink around and avoid people? Yeah, I'm kind of thinking Thief is probably uh, not a bad option, to be honest. Oh, no. oh my god, dude, that's like negative two hit points per level. I know. Play a fighter. Please play a fighter. <laughs> Please. Yeah. If you was... play a fighter, you will be the only one that survives this campaign. I, I guarantee it. I've been t I've been telling my in in per in person group at the store to this um, sure. that, and I know it's hard to break away from this, and you don't have to do this, but um, the, the way the the, the de -emphasi emphasizing of ability scores and their worth in the game allows you the freedom to put. To, to choose classes that don't necessarily line up with what you would normally assume that that they would be attached to a certain like, like a strength for a fighter sort of thing, right? Like you can play the you can play the you can play with the order with order of the stick fighter who's like super smart because yeah. it doesn't really matter as much. Yeah, I entirely agree with that based on our experience with um, the uh, oak in oh, the yeah. hole, the hole in the oak. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's absolutely true. I would counter that. Losing two hit points per level is the exception to that. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard, but don't. At first level, though, there's a minimum that you're going to have. So even your penalty won't. Oh, that's true. Your penalty won't affect you at first level. Um. Yeah, I think you're right, David. I think you should be a fighter. I think you should be a fighter. Have fun totally. with it. Have fun with it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, don't don't just follow my advice. But the thing is, if you play a thief. Again, don't follow my advice. But yeah. it'll, be, it'll be familiar, and you'll reinforce that fear. If you play something where you have to face it, you'll probably be creative and have fun with it. You'll be dead. It's just about... Or you'll be dead. You're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, what better a thing to experience than death? That's why I wanted to play a rogue in, uh, in following up your zero level thing, Ted. Yeah. My guy had like a five decks, and he was like limping yeah. and lame, and I was like, you know... It's amazing. There's more ways to be a rogue than, than walking on walls and picking pockets. You know? Right. But it's just like that's memorable. And that's how uh, oftentimes you distinguish yourself in these OSC ones where there's not a lot of flavor built into the class, like with mechanics, right? The mechanics don't define the flavor. It's sort of like, you know, a lot of times it's your the way you choose your ability scores and the way you lean into them. And then, of course, the big thing that apply, gives you your flavor is your equipment. So, um, everybody else, yeah, everyone's pill. Good night. Noble night, yes. I went with the hunter, yeah. which is a sort of a ranger kind of thing, right? Mm. Yeah. And Mike, you're what? Magic user, man. Because I'm going to look cute on the end of a spear. Adorable. Oh, jeez. Um, John. Advice, mm -hmm. second language for my very clever knight. Priest, woman, half. Probably not Sylvan, right? Knights, knights are kind of anti. A knight is against the fairy. Uh, not necessarily. No. Um, it might be something that you would have a reason to know. Um, that I, I made. There's a bunch of different languages. Um, I only I made those those four as your choices because I could reasonably see anybody in Dolmen would knowing those languages for any reason. Okay. Um, so you don't have to, you could pick them at random and it would be totally viable. 
if you want an explanation of what each one of those is, I can totally give it to you. Um, but there are some languages that are in the book that um, I just made not available. Um, and then you can also see the the additional two, liturgic and crooked script, uh, if you have the relevant backgrounds. What what oh, are what, should... so like a one liner of the the. the... Like Sylvan, I can get. I can get that. That's like the, the very language. Mm-hmm. Caprice, Doman, and Gaff. What's so? That? Caprice and Gaff are both Godish uh, languages. Um, Gaff is the more common uh, goat goat language, and Caprice is a little bit more high minded, uh, like the nobility. Um, so there is actually um, uh, goat people actually inhabit Dolmenwood as citizens. Um, and can hold title and nobility and aristocracy the same as humans have. And they have for um, thousands of years, actually. They were, um, as sentient species, they actually inhabited the wood um, prior to humankind and came in contact with um, with uh, the fairies um, that uh, when the cold prince actually dominated the land at the time. So uh, uh, then the... When the humans kind of came in, they kind of joined, and um, so there are actually there are a number of noble houses that uh, have hold hold title and land in Dolmenwood, um, but they're split between goat lords and human lords, um, and there has actually been intermarriage in between the two. Usually, not very pretty looking, um, but anyways, the goat people there are shorthorns, which are the common folk, the longhorns, which are usually the nobles. Um, or the the upper class, and then there are the crookhorns, which are the corrupt and bestial ones, uh, which aren't really part of society. Uh, so that said, um, caprice is usually the um, language of that the longhorns speak, and gaff is the one that the shorthorns speak. Domen is the language of the um, of the larger imperium uh, of the. Uh, 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 I don't call it the Imperium. I can't, I totally forgot what my homebrew fucking name for the <laughs> it's a, uh, the 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 Domen. It's it's the 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 Bakara Domen. Domen wood. Yeah. So it's 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 the language of the entire um, empire, but it's more of like um, a Latin. It's uh, um, uh, it, it, it's not dead. It's it's spoken, but um, it's been devolved in this far flung frontier of the empire. Um, uh, into what is known as Woldish, which is the common, um, which is what you, you guys all get Woldish um, to start with. Um, but that's a that's a far debased version of of Doman. Okay, so yeah, like Latin, Latin, Latin Yeah, I like the the idea of speaking Caprice and talking to fancy goat people. There you, go. you, you know what Doman is like? Is like it's like. A heavy, thick, rural Sicilian accent versus like northern Italian accent. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's so vastly different. It's almost a different language, but you know, you might be able to understand it if you were from northern Italy. You know, that's what that's what Woldish is like versus Doman. Hey Ted. I'm gonna stop backseating you, I promise. But when John was talking, I made the realization that none of us are interfacing with the Pileatic Church, which is a very interesting element of Zombra. Yeah. I would consider changing over to a cleric to do so if you aren't interested in a cleric, though I think you could roll a cleric as well. Something to think about. I just remember it being very cool. So 
if any of us wanted to have a character that actually relates to that feature, it might be pretty cool. I do remember paint. reading about it. it yeah. pretty awesome. and, and you have the mind for it, which is why I think you would do a good job at it. But again, up to you. If you're undecided. All right, John, what should I be writing down now for my character? I didn't pick languages. I know I get my native language plus one additional one. Um, because of your intelligence? Yeah. Yeah, so you get you get boldish. Okay. And then you can choose one of those four to be your other one. Okay. All right, so um, let's see. Uh... Hold on a second. Oh, I see. Okay. With an 11 intelligence, I don't get a bonus language, right? No. Um. Right, so, uh, you know, on your class list there, you want to write down the features of the class. Um, you want to write down what your XP for next level is. Um, now, uh, You'll be thankful, Matt. Um, we are going to be using ascending armor class and attack bonuses. Uh, no Thacko. So um, in the Thacko column of the class tables, you want to write down, and I believe I have a box that I made in the character sheet called BAB for all you third edition fans, right? Yes. Okay, so you're going to write down the number in brackets, not the not the unbracketed number. So. For instance, I think it's all zero for every. In fact, I know it is. All of your thacos should say nineteen, but that what you're you're not going to write that down. You're going to write down zero or plus zero. Okay, so that is your basic attack bonus. That's what you're going to add to your d twenty roll every time you attack. Cool. Um, you can write down your saving throws, which are all there at first level. Um, if you're a spellcaster, you can write down what your uh, what your uh, spells per day are. So on and so forth. Um, uh, I just go ahead and pick my first level spell, John. Nope. Yeah, should be so lucky. Yeah. Um, you're also going to write want to write down the the uh, numbers that are associated with your ability scores, right? So I kind of put a divider on each block. So the left one on the left should be the score, and then on the right you can kind of notate what the what the um, mods are, right? So. Um, on the right-hand side too, there is a, a bunch of boxes for exploration, so it'll give you like what your open stuck doors is, so you can you can write that in from your strength. Um, your wisdom modifier, if you've got a high wisdom, will give you plus to your magic saves, which is directly underneath all your saving throws. Um, your dex will be uh, you you can do not have to write down the initiative. We're not using an individual initiative, so that doesn't matter at all. So you're just going to write down. Um, it's just a flat modifier. This is to both your AC and to your missile attacks. It's the same regardless. So if you have a high dex, you might get one of those. Um, and then Charisma, the god stat of OSE. You're going to run right down your NPC reaction modifier, the maximum number of retainers you can have, and the loyalty that those retainers have, which is basically like their morale. All right, so you can write all that stuff down. So for starting hit points, uh, house rule, we did this uh, back in April as well. You're going to start with a minimum hit point total equal to the average starting hit point rounded up uh, uh, 
of the hit point roll of whatever you're doing. So that's basically a three, a four, or a five based upon whether you're a D4, or D6, or a D8 hit die. Um, so uh, everyone can roll, and if you get higher than that average, then then you get that. Um, but you cannot go lower than that average. So for Ted, for con, your con five, and you, well, we haven't picked what you are yet, but whatever it is, um, you can't get below three, four, or five. Okay. All right. So um, if everyone wants to roll their hit points. Nice or 1d4, though. Right, okay, so your minimum is 3. Actually, your... actually, no matter what, your yours, your hit points are going to be 3. What, what are you playing, Ted? Well, I'm just gonna, I think I'm going to do a fighter. Um, I... Yeah, I'm going right. to do a fighter. We have a very beefy party. I'm not beefy. We have a hunter, a knight, a fighter, and then a magic user. All right. I know who we're bullying. <laughs> okay, roll, uh, roll uh, hit points, please. So it's just one of our hit dice, right? Yep. Skills. So I take a three if I got a two. Yep. All right. And, and I, do I add my con on there or no? Yep. If you have it high enough for a bonus. I do. Okay, so minimum is three, like you explained, because I just rolled a one. So. No, it's not a minimum. What? What's your? Oh, wait, I'm confused. A hunter is a D eight, right? D eight. Yes. One on. You rolled a one, so the uh, the average of a D eight is a five. So you have a five uh, five plus your con. Gotcha. Oh, Ted, you should look at Friar, man. That's those are cool. Friars are very cool. Um, Versus clerics. Um, here's the deal in OSC: clerics cannot cast spells at first level. They are literally like fighters. They're like they're like frontline people, you know. But they have yet to prove themselves to their god, and so they have not been granted the ability to cast divine magic. Friars, however, their faith is so strong that at first level they can cast spells. So they actually have a higher spell progression than clerics. But obviously, they are weaker in a fight, a toe-to-toe fight. Yeah, but they also get a bonus to their AC, like an in, yep. in built-in bonus to their AC, and they get culinary implements. A fryer can employ a frying pan, cured sausage, or even a hand yeah. crank. They're so also even a hand crank is an improvised weapon. They're also much I don't better. Know why you would not do that? That would be amazing. They're also much better at forging. Um, and I should note that a lot of we're going to be doing some heavy procedural stuff as far as like hex crawling and stuff like that. And so um, those kind of things that might look a little bit boring on the surface. Um, the hunter is another one that has a lot of that kind of stuff. Will come into yeah, play. That's why, that's why I grabbed the hunter, figuring that much. The yeah. Friar looked really interesting to me too. Look at the so whole package and what they might do in an exploration-based game, not a combat-based yeah. game. Yep. Yep. Sounds like you're going to be a friar, Mike. Oh, dude, I don't think I, I don't have the wisdom for it. Um, what did you? Was that your five? Was the wisdom? Uh, yeah, my, my wisdom is a five. Anyway, so like, uh, huh? Does everyone understand the hit point roll? Did everyone do that? Yeah, everyone's got it. Yeah. Okay. All right. In subsequent uh, in subsequent levels, what you roll is what you get. All right. Uh, but this. Is there, if I roll a one and I subtract two from it, do I get nothing? No, you always get one. You always get minimum one. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, so. I'm going to quickly go through. Sorry, John. If you guys really want someone to be, you know, more on the church side of things, I, I'll 
I don't want to play a cleric, but I'll happily play a friar. Ted, play whatever you want. Whatever you're feeling. <laughs> Live a long and glorious life. Fighter. Fine. We're done. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to briefly go through the major, the huge change uh, that uh, you guys all remember this from last time, but I just want to put it out there for the audience as well because um, this shakes up the entire system, basically, um, at least for combat, um, is that um, your hit die determines your your weapon damage. So there is no more variable weapon damage like in every other edition of Dungeons & Dragons, right, where a two-handed sword does a d10, a long sword does a d8. No. If you have a d8, um, which is our knight, our fighter, and our hunter, um, that is the damage die that you do in combat with any weapon. Hell yeah. Okay? Um, it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, and if you are a magic user, you use a D4 because that is your hit die. So if you're hitting with a staff or you're hitting with a dagger or a dart, whatever, it's a D4 for damage. Now, the the upside to that for the magic user is that um, I have lifted the restrictions for weapon use for almost all the classes, which means that your magic user can carry around a sword and can wield it. It's just that when he hits with the sword, it's a D4. It's not a D8. Okay? So, um, uh, so... There should be a box on the character sheet, I believe, I just don't have one in front of me, where that indicates what your your hit die... I think it's like hit die slash damage, yep. I believe. Um, so yep. you're going to put D8 or D4, depending on who you are. Um, and uh, the way that we're differentiating... So, so why would you choose a two-handed sword versus a longsword sort of thing, right? Well, it's because of weapon traits. So um, the traits that we went through back in April um, have been... Uh, refined by me, they've been reduced a lot. I'm uh, I, I had a long think about it, and what I'm, what I think I'm going to end up doing is that in combat there will be a lot of um, special cases where I'll make judgment calls at the time, the rulings versus rules sort of OSR thing, um, instead of like codifying it in a trait. Uh, so things like, like if you're in a five foot wide corridor, I would probably I'm probably going to on the spot give you like a minus two penalty if you're swinging your two handed sword around. Sure. sort of thing, but I'm not going to codify that in saying it's like a, you must have 10 feet of space around you or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, um, the trait list has been taken off the House Rules document. It is I have now made a armor and weapons list, which is in the resources, which is um, lists all of the stats for all armor and weapons, in addition to all of my House Rules for those weapons, so it has all the traits, and then it defines the traits at the end of the list. Um, and I believe I've got a thing that I can probably... Share with everybody. There we go. Enjoy, audience. Armor and weapon list. Um, uh, it's a couple of... Uh, you guys have that up? It's in the resources. Um, I have it up. Yeah, so... Is that how that works? What? It's just showing up in the stream only? Is that how that works? Yeah, I've got a box showing it on my... I'm just saying oh, that cool. it's available to you in, as a PDF. Um, so, it shows the cost... The uh, and the weight and then the traits and then the traits are defined for each weapon and um, I also added my flail um, which I just think helps to round out some of the cleric selections as well um, yep yeah. so the only the traits are pretty much what you kind of expect the only one that's like brand new um, is deadly this is where you get advantage on damage dice, right? A lot of weapons are deadly. Um, most of them are two-handed weapons. So when you do hit with it, you will you get to roll damage dice twice and take the higher roll. 
Um, I like it's nice because um, I think pretty elegant as well because it um, it still caps damage. It doesn't increase the cap. It, ju it just makes it more likely that you're going to hit that cap, right? Makes it very easy as far as designing things goes, uh, monsters and all that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, if you want to attack with two weapons, you first have to meet the requirement. You have to be a strength or dex based. Uh, you, you, you have to have strength or dex as a prime requisite. Okay. Uh, in order to attack with two weapons. If you attack with two weapons, you get one attack, but you get to roll that at, with 5th edition advantage. Okay? So it speeds up combat, combat makes makes it like a, a dual leader not have to like tip, roll twice and roll damage twice. It's like you make one roll, one damage roll, and you make that roll with advantage. Um, so you're just more likely to hit. That's the trade-off um, for not using a shield, on the other hand. Shields uh, are bumped up to a plus two bonus. Um, they're really juicy. And we have, you know, the you know the whole thing from Holy Oak. Shields shall be splintered, so they can take any hit and be utterly destroyed. Um, helmets can also be bought and worn. Um, if you take a helmet, you can take uh, you can negate one critical hit before it's torn asunder. Um, but the, uh, having a helmet on also gives you a minus one to your surprise roll for you only. Uh, just because you don't have full field of vision, ears recovered, yada yada. Um, uh, we're going to be using detailed encumbrance, uh, just like Hole in the Oak, just what you were doing before, right? So treasure, weapons, and armor are counted. Adventuring gear is a flat 80. Just make sure that you're not doing anything ob uh, obscene with uh, what you're carrying. Uh, and you have in the resources also your expanded adventuring gear list, which is from Carcass Crawler issue 0. Uh, which is the original OSE list plus a lot of the first edition uh, AD&D list, which just kind of rounds it out with a bunch of more interesting stuff like chalk and candles and bells and um, interesting things uh, for you to choose from, um, which is, I think, where the true fun of this edition comes from, is finding interesting ways to use shit. So uh, you got that. Um, magic users and illusionists. Um, let me... Go bring this back up here. Hold on. Magic users, uh, you're going to use the optional advanced spellbook rule, so you're going to remember this mic from first edition. So this is where your intelligence is going to determine what your chance of um, learning a spell. Learning a spell. Do you have that up on the SRD? I don't know. If uh, I... I'm looking forward now. Which uh, I actually I figured out a workaround for downloading your things. Which one should I be looking in? Is it the house rules? No, the player's tome. The advanced fantasy player's tome. Oh, I have that up. Okay. Cool. So, um, that is uh, where... Um, I'm looking to see if it's under the class, or is it under the magical research, maybe? Spellbooks? Spells. Page 110. Memorize the spellbook. Spells. Yeah, it's under magic. Yeah. So page one twelve. So yeah, your what's your intelligence? Fifteen. So 15. it looks like it's a seventy five percent chance. Oh wait, that's of copying. Yep. So you want to write that down. Okay. That's gonna be important. And then your beginning spells in your spell book. This is the big one, right? So you're gonna you're gonna have four spells in your spell book. Normally under the the core rules, you would get you have exactly the number of spells that you can actually cast. So you would have one spell and you'd be able to cast that once. So now you can only you can still only cast one spell a day, but you're going to have four spells to, to choose from. Um, I do allow all magic users um, to have read magic for free. So one of your spells is read magic. That doesn't mean you can just cast it. You, you have to still have to memorize that and have that be your spell, but you do have it in your spell book. And then in addition, you're going to have another four. 
Okay, hey, hey, so, nope. and we're going to roll for So those. I have a 75% chance. So let me go down to the magic user spell. No, list. no, no, no. no. You, you, oh. you, you get the spells for free. It's just like in-game, whenever you come across another spell, you have a 75% chance of copying it. Okay, so I don't have to do this for starting spells. No. For starting spells, I can just... Okay, cool. No. All right, very good. All right, so why don't we roll um, page 119. Roll a d12 four times. Um, if you get a repeat, you can roll it again. Okay, we'll find 119 real quick. Doop -doop -doop -doop. Aha, I'm there. Okay, so I just roll, I gotcha. All right, so it's all set. Okay, I'm not gonna even look at the list. Cool. So I don't, I got a three. Is floating disc. Floating disc. That's, That's a really good for exploration. Really good one for, for first level, yeah. There are two two uh, encounter enders in first level. Let's see if you get one of them. I know. I know what they are, dude. <laughs> Twelve. Uh, Ventriloquism. Yeah, baby. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> File that, that under things I will never actually memorize for the day. Please attack the others. Five. I got lights. Light, sweet. Light's a good one in this edition. Light is a good one. And ten, shield. Shield, nice. Oh, wait, but I actually only get to roll three times, right? No, you I get four, got... you're four, and then you get, f your fifth is read Plus magic. Read magic. Yep. Okay, got it. Cool. Yeah, man. I mean, it's no sleep spell, but sure. It's no sleep spell. Uh, okay. So, uh, right, and thieves, although no one is playing a thief, are going to be using um, D6 thief skills, which are from Carcass Crawl issue number one. Uh, at the time we recorded the last one, um, someone was going to be a thief. I think it was Mike. Um, and we had done this whole 2D6 Dyson Logos house rule thing that we were going to be impl implementing. And uh, Carcass Crawler issue number one had not yet been released. Well, lo and behold, it does in the time. And it's actually a much more elegant and easy to grasp um, system than Dyson. So um, uh, it's really cool. When you have the time, you can look it up. It's basically very similar to the um, Lamentations of the Flame Princess. Lamentations of the Flame Princess implementation of um, the Specialist class, which is uh, their version of the Thief, where you basically are allotted like a number of points, um, and those points are basically pips on a D6. And so uh, you, you start with the chance to do all of your Thief skills, one in six, but you get four points to allot to any skill that you want, any of the skills that you want, and each one, each point that you allot increases that chance by one. So, if you wanted to put another dot in pick pockets, you would then have a two and six chance, right? That sort of thing. And you have four of those to distribute. And then every every level that you go up, you get another point. Very very cool. Very um, very easy to uh, do, and the um, it makes them much more usable. Like like you'd be much more likely to use them. And succeed. Uh, but none of you guys have to worry about that. Uh, so I look forward to you guys stumbling into traps. Um, <laughs> you, um, when we drop to zero hit points, uh, Ted has experienced this firsthand in the other game. Uh, we use the Death and Dismemberment Table by one Arnold Kemp, the guy who wrote uh, Lair of the Lamb, which some of you guys experienced the other week. Um, so uh, 
that's in this memory, basically, um, it's uh, all sorts of nasty Warhammer sort of awfulness can happen to, happen to you um, instead of dying, losing limbs, uh, being burned so badly that you can't wear armor, things like of that nature. Um, and then if you do take a fatal wound, it's 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 similar a little bit to 5th edition in that you have like a number of rounds that you have to make saves before you die. And then um, you need help from your friends in order to st uh, to staunch the wounds. Um, but it's very difficult. There's no medicine skill in this. Basically, anyone who wants to try to bandage you up has to roll half their intelligence or under, rounded down on a d20. So, very, very tough. Um, and what other things to note? Healing, a natural healing is very tough. You get 1d3 hit points of full day's rest. That means not an eight-hour in the wilderness rest. That means you do nothing else but in the day but rest comfortably somewhere secure and safe, you get 1d3 hit points. Otherwise, you get nothing. Um, and XP is XP for gold and monsters. Monsters, just like Hole in the Oak, give you a lot less than than um, gold and treasure, so always seek out the gold. That's the um, what will get you the XP. The only other way to get XP is to carouse in a settlement. Um, uh, the carousing rules are in effect. Um, so... Yeah, that's the way it goes, I think. Um, I think that pretty much does it for all of my house rules. Um, so, John, I have a question for you, sir. House yeah. rules related. Uh -huh. um, you know, I know we talked about this and worked on some of this in uh, Hole in the Oak. The traits feature on all your weapons. Mm -hmm. I know your original design was to, you know, encourage individual weapons use because they would all be different from one another. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm going over the list and just immediately noticed that like mace and warhammer and club, uh, club lesser because it's a little bit different price, but mace and warhammer are basically the same. Didn't they originally have something that differentiated them? I thought you had said. Yeah, one was going to be plus one to like against plate mail, one was going to be plus one against chain mail, but it's just, it's so, it's so specific case. I was just like, fuck it. Like, that's just, okay, you know. Okay. Mike has a question. Yes, Mike. Can I go pee? Yeah, yes, you can go pee. Okay, I'll be right back. <laughs> don't, don't, forget no, to, you may not. don't forget to take your hall pass. Hall pass. <laughs> All right. And then another question since Mike's gone. Um, the movement rate under armor, the first one is the... Uh, uh, you don't have to. You don't have to worry about that. That's actually for basic encumbrance. So don't worry about movement. Worry. You don't have to write that stat down. Okay. Yeah, your movement is going to be determined about with, from your total weight that you're carrying, which is how detailed. John, right. you said that like our right. our base weight for just regular equipment and stuff is seventy. Eighty. Eighty for adventuring equipment. But adventuring equipment does not include weapons and armor. So make sure you're you're. There's a special. There's another box for that. Right. You can kind of see that. Weight of weapons, armor, and gear. Weight of treasure and coins. Just add an 80 to the total. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, let's see how much a horse costs. Apparently I'm excellent at riding horses. Wait, are we, are we rolling for gold? Uh, so you have your choice um, for equipment. You can roll 3d6 times 10. 
and you can just spend spend to your heart's content whatever you'd like. Um, or I actually have a lovely quick start equipment um, thing that is, um, I mean, it's it's Dolman Wood specific. It's in the Dolman Wood book, um, and there's actually quick start lists for each specific class. Um, really? And uh, you'll you'll you know you, you have to take the random what I whatever you randomly roll. Um, but it's it's kind of fun, and then and the and then what you get in addition to all of that stuff is three d six period. Like you can get a maximum of eighteen gold after that, but you get you get all your equipment basically. You know what I mean? Oh, so so is it like um, it's a table based like randomized gear? Quick 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 gear generation. Table? Yes, yeah. It gives, really, it, it gives you your armor. It gives you your armor, your weapons, and your equipment. Yeah, I'll do that. That's fun. All right, cool. I like doing it live. Uh, is there somewhere I should cross reference, or are you just gonna tell me? Uh, I'll tell you what to roll. So first of all, you get these items uh, just straight up. Okay, you ready okay. In, equi in equipment? You get a yeah. backpack, a tinder box, a water skin, and then I need you to roll uh, a d6 torches. One. <laughs> One torch, and d6 iron rations. One. <laughs> One ration. All right, and and then and you get three d six gold pieces. Wow! Really? Yep. Amazing. Okay, I got uh, uh, a six and four is ten gold pieces. So it's three d six. Yep. You said three d six, and I got ten total. You said six and four, though. Don't you have a third die? I had a six, three, and a two. So it's actually six and five. Uh, oh, oh, six okay. and four. Yeah. So. It's uh, 12 instead of... Uh, it's 9. No, it is 11. It is it's 11. 11. It's 11. <laughs> 11 gold what am I doing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What am I doing? Yeah. I was right the first time. <laughs> right. All right. I, I, I question myself. So you have... Everyone gets... You, you get that for basic equipment. Now roll um, a d12 twice. Right. A d12 twice. Where is my d12? All right. I got a 6 and a 2. All right. You have a... You have 10 sticks of chalk... A lantern and three flasks of oil. Cool. All right, you're a hunter. I need you to roll me a d6 once. This is your armor. Second, sorry. All right, d6 armor. Give me something good. I got a one. One, you have leather. And then roll me a d6 twice for two weapons that you start with. All right. I'm really rolling a lot of ones tonight, so it's a good sign, right? d6 twice for two weapons. That is a six and a three. All right. You have a sword and a longbow and 20 arrows. Nice. Cool. That's good. Uh, a longbow has requirements, though. Just be aware. What is? What are those? I think you're okay. I think it's just you need strength to strength as a prime requisite to even use it. It's specialized. It's specialized, which means yeah, thirteen yeah. strength. Yeah. So, um, I'm basically making it like part of the flavor thing too. Like longbow, I'm trying to be a little bit more realistic about it. Like those were volley, volleying sort of weapons, right? Like you were not in like a scrum, like fucking shooting with a longbow you know what i mean it just yeah. it didn't no, no, didn't course. fucking happen you know what i mean no, so, you know so just just be aware um all right uh and then 
I think that's it. You said I had leather armor, right? Yeah, leather. Yeah, and that's what you have. So then you have your you have your you have your eleven GP to um, spend. Does anyone else want to roll on the tables for their equipment, or would you rather just have the money? I'll do tables. All right, cool. Fun. It's leather plus one. We're doing ascending AC, right? That's correct. Yep. So that would that would give me an AC of thirteen, I think. It's it's right there in the. So AC is twelve, and then you add your dex. Dex applies no matter what armor you're wearing, so you don't even have to think about it. it. So I have an AC of thirteen. All right. So uh, uh, I've got my my backpack, tinderbox, water skin. I'm gonna roll for torches. Right on. Have five torches. Oh damn! All right. So you loaded and roll for rations. Roll for ration. Yep. I have three iron rations. Okay, three d six gold pieces. Okay, uh, oh, that's uh, more meager. Uh, that is eight. Eight, okay. All right, roll d12 twice. That is a six. Mm hmm. And? And uh, a nine. Okay, you, got, you have a lantern and flea flat three flasks of oil as well and you not only have 50 feet of rope but you have a grappling hook Ooh! hells yeah 50 feet of rope and a grappling hook grappling hook mm -hmm. it's nice. a noble uh, way to fight of course uh, okay and now I need a d6 for your armor You have plate mail. Oh, yes. And then roll two more d6 uh, for your weapons. You're going to get a ham shank. Got a six and a three. You have a sword and a lance. But no horse. <laughs> All right. Anyone else want to do quick start? Right on. Okay, so you know the deal. Uh, backpack, tinderbox, water skin. I actually don't know the deal because I was getting cookies. And okay, cookies. so in the in, in the equipment oh. in the equi in the equipment box. He right. said going to the bathroom. Excuse me. Well, that's it's a euphemism. <laughs> okay, uh, you you ready, Ted? I mean, uh, Mike. Mike. Mm -hmm. Equipment. What die am I rolling? In equipment. Write down backpack, tinder tinderbox, water skin. Okay. Backpack, tinderbox, water skin. Roll d6 for torches and a d6 for iron rations. For torches. Five torches! Nice. And I'm sorry, d6 for what? Iron rations. Come on, big money, no whammies. Five iron rations. Nice. Yeah, man. And you have three d6 gold pieces. All right. Okay. Big money, no whammies. Big money, no whammies. Oh, no. Six gold pieces. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Roll a D12 twice. All right. Give me a ham shank. Ham shank. I got a two. You have ten sticks of chalk. That's it. And one more roll. 
you have 50 feet of rope, but no grappling hook. Don't I get a weapon? You do, yep. Roll a d4. One staff of the Magi. Got three. You have a staff. Yay, staff of the Magi? Nope. Uh, Ted, do you want to roll or you want to use your own money? I I did the purchasing thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, is we that saw, everybody? Ted. What? Real, real we weak. Saw. Real weak, Ted. Real weak. We saw, Ted. Real weak. Good. All right. Uh, so be aware that uh, Matt, um, you one of your restrictions as a knight though is that you can only use melee weapons, right? Understand that no, is true. it is ignoble and. Uh, very common. It's a. It is a disdainful thing to. Uh, you, you disdain the use of melee, of missile weapons, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I look down at all of them. That's right. So the sausage still counts as melee. Yes, it the does. Prior sausage. <laughs> yeah. John, can I trade my water skin in for a wine skin? Uh, yeah, that's the same thing. Just whatever you fill it with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but one, I won't feel the evisceration by skeletons quite so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's roll for your trinkets. Um, okay, everyone roll me a D100 and tell me what you get. I don't have a D100. I have... Um, 2D10. You, you know how this uh, works. Uh, 98. 98. Plasma rifle. Plasma rifle. All right. As a met, you get... Um, you you have a, a wooden holy symbol of the one true god studded with nails. It's fucking metal, dude. <laughs> I got I'm sorry, but I got a, I got a sixty-nine. Sixty-nine, dude. <laughs> Alright, you what are you again? You're a hunter. You have a an empty notebook, but anything written in it disappears at sunrise. Oh, it'll be useful for contracts. <laughs> yeah, right here. Um, all right, John. Uh, they our noble knight got a fourteen. A fourteen. You have an ash wand stained with the blood of a troll. Ah. Hmm. That I cannot use. It's not blood. That's bogies, dude. I saw that movie. <laughs> Ted. Eleven. Eleven. You have a miniature brass gnome, and it appears on your pillow looking at you each morning. <laughs> every, every, every day, I, I, uh, Ted writes in my notebook, don't forget the gnome. Every morning. It's, it's, it's not the size of a man's gnome. That's awesome. I love that. All right, so I got... Coins. It beats okay. chocolate, right? I'm going to look real quick on the carcass crawler for the additional adventuring gear list. Oh, John posted it. It's in the uh, it's in the, the resources. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I'm looking on the PDF. I just can't find yeah, it. Yeah, so you can use your other gold to um, uh, to buy other stuff. Be aware that I will be keeping strict track of, like, drinks you buy and how many, you know, what your lodgings are for the night and all that sort of stuff, so... Um, you can feel free to spend every last drop, but uh, have fun sleeping out in the cold. Um, Aww. 
now we have some kind of fun stuff here where we're going to roll what your birthday is and what your what sign of the moon you were actually born under, which is going to give you a little thing, a little added thing. Um, I want a thing. So, uh, one second here. Where's the old uh, random dates here? Oh, yeah. Okay. I need um, everyone to roll me a D12. And then I assume no one really has a D30 on hand, right? Okay. Um, everyone roll me a D12. Have one around. All right, I got an 11, John. An 11. Okay. You were born in the month of Obthrime. O-B-T-H-R-Y-M-E. That's basically November. Can you spell that again? Because that's not what I thought you were going to say. O-B-T-H-R-Y-M-E. Okay. That's like November. D12s, I'm waiting. I got an eight. Oh. I missed. For me. Eight for Matt? Okay. Eight. You were born in Lillipith. Or Lillipith. L-I-L-L-I-P-Y-T-H-E. August, obviously. Anyone else? I'm a five. Harchment. H-A-R-C-H-M-E-N-T. Mike? You're Can't, muted, You're Mike. muted, Mike. You're muted, Mike. Sorry. I was eating cookies. Harchment. H-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-T. M-E-N-T. Did you roll a five as well? I rolled a four. I'm sorry. You're, you were born in Simswald. S-Y-M-S-W-A-L-D. Y-M-S. All right. Does anyone have a D30? No one has a D30, right? right. I can get one. Okay. So everybody else? Um, uh, Ed, can, Ed can roll for all of us. Okay, there you go. That, that'll work. That'll work. Assuming I can find it in here. Can you spell my month again, John? Simswell? Simswald. S-Y-M-S-W-A-L-D. What is my birthstone? Because <laughs> that stuff's super important. I gotta know what to get you for the wedding. Did you, you find it? Yeah. Right on. Okay, you're rolling for everybody. Okay. So let's do you first. Is it straight up 30 or are some of these months 31? Some of them are different. Um, just tell me what the die roll is and I'll tell you what to do if it, it's weird. All right. So this will be for David. Okay. 22. 22. Okay. So, David, you were born on, what is it, Harchment 22? Mm-hmm. And then next on my screen is Matt, the 11th. Okay, the 11th of... Lilipith. And, uh, Mike, you are the 27th of whatever. Simswald. Simswald. Right, that one. And for my own fine self, 23. Of Obthrime. Love that. Obthrime the 23rd. Practically Thanksgiving. Nice. Okay. Uh, okay, so there are 12 moons of the year. 
Um, each of them has like a flavorful name, like the Grinning Moon or the Beast Moon or the Squamous Moon. Um, and depending on whether or not they were waxing full or waning um, at the time of your birth, you uh, it's considered to be spe specifically auspicious in certain areas, right? So um, we're going to actually lean into it and actually give you like a mechanical benefit because you were born under a certain moon sign. Um, Heck yeah. Uh, so... Uh, let's go around the horn with the way it's displayed on the stream. So uh, let's go with Mike first. What is your birthday? I am born on the 27th day of Simswald. Simswald, 27th. All right, you were born... Okay, so you're going write, to write this down somewhere. You were born on the, the waning squamous moon. There's a cream for that. I'm so, so sorry. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, that and awesome. be because you were born under that that infamous moon, you have a plus one bonus to attack rolls against serpents and worms. That's W Y R M S, of course. That's pretty cool. Never knew you were such a squamous worm hater. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, actually, let me look up. Uh, hold on a second. Actually, have this in hard copy. One moment, please. I need to pick an alignment. What alignment are you guys telling? <laughs> what day? What day were you born? Right, what, what alignment is everyone besides David doing? <laughs> it depends upon my uh, leisure. Mike, what was your birthday again? Uh, I am the twenty seventh day of Simswald. Okay, cool. All right, next up, David. Uh, the twenty second of uh, got to read again. Harchment. Harchment. Okay. You were actually born. Uh, that's actually a small holiday. It's actually the feast of Saint Abtheus. So, you knew that, of course. I'm sure, but um, fewer presents, though, unfortunately. Let's see. Let's see who Saint Abtheus is. Do you spell A B A B T H I U S? Cool. Abtheus is known as the ever lustrous. He is the major patron of um, ambassadors and righteous vengeance. Um, that's it's his feast day. So um, there are a hundred saints in Dolmenwood. Um, I think around like thirty or so are like the major saints. Um, Saint Abtheus is one of the major ones. Um, but in general, there's so many saints that like there's a good chance that your birth, you know, that your birthday falls on actually a feast day. Yours didn't, Mike. Um, but uh, those days are usually those feasts are usually only celebrated in um, towns or settlements where there is a shrine or some sort of um, building that's been erected in honor of that saint. You know, so you know that sort of thing. Like where the so it's not it's not necessarily like everyone was partying whenever you were born. You know what I mean? It's like the, you know there might not have been a, a, a shrine to Saint Athias there, but just like at least know. at least not in your town. But <laughs> uh, okay, so. You were born on what day? The 22nd of Harchment, the Feast of St. Abtheus. 22nd Harchment is the waning night's moon. Uh, K-N, uh, Knigget, I should say. Knigget. The waning... Night. Waning, yeah, waning night's moon. Um, oh, right. Under that auspicious sign, when you are in melee with knights or soldiers, you act first on a tide initiative as if you had one initiative. When in melee against knights and soldiers, you win five initiatives. 
you win tied initiatives, yeah. You're, you're you're welcome, gang. Since this is party initiative, you're welcome. Well, no, it's it means like, like if we roll group initiative and the enemy wins and you guys lose, you still get to go ahead of everybody else. Individually, I yeah, still get, yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. yeah. So it'd be you enemies, then the rest of the party. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, who's next? Ted. Twenty uh, third of Obthrime. Obthrime. Uh, yes. Deep Autumn. 23rd of Obthrime is not a feast day. But it is the waning narrow moon when you were born. Oh, this is a good one. You get a plus one bonus to attack rolls against fairies and demi-fay. <laughs> Watch out, Tinkerbell. Here I come. <laughs> and Matt, what was your birthday? Uh, my birthday is the 11th of Lilypithe. Lilypithe. Lilypithe is high summer. Not a feast day. 11th of Lilypie is a waxing moon. The only waxing moon in the party. Uh, it's the, the waxing witch's moon. Uh, is when you were born, and when you receive healing magic, the number of hit points you gain increases by one. Ooh. Has to be healing magic. That's handy. Not just healing. If only someone in our party had healing magic. Uh, yeah. Don't worry, someone will soon. <laughs> Session three. <laughs> uh, yeah, so alignments... Um, same as Holy uh, Oak, so you uh, law, lawful, neutral, and chaotic, right? Basically, without going too much into it, it's basically good guys, neutral guys, or bad guys. Um, uh, don't be chaotic. Just just do me that favor. <laughs> just don't. <laughs> um, it'll, it'll just make me tired. I don't want to be tired when I play. Uh, so uh, that's basically the deal. It, it is not going to be like the Morcockian... You know, that sort of like forces of chaos and law that you align yourself, you know, so there's no alignment languages or anything like that, you know, it's just, you know. Um, right. It's just some men just want to watch the world burn. That's right. Yep. Uh, so basically just pick lawful and neutral and call it a day. And equipment, you got all your abilities down. Is there anything abilities wise that you don't understand? Uh,. Yes, what is the non-thief exploration values uh, uh, in the exploration table? If, Are there any? If, you're, if your class description does not give you specifics, it's one in six. So I don't add any additional... Uh, I, except for strength, because that is modified by strength, your strength. That's uh, correct, yeah. yeah. So open, oh, yeah, open stuck correct. doors based on your strength. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Plus yeah. one. So, and, then, and where's the movement values? Yeah, I, I, chart now with your with the coin advanced uh, or whatever you were calling it. I'm sorry, say again, Ted. I didn't quite hear that. So we're using the coin method, right? Yeah. And you're basing movement on encumbrance. Yeah. What's the? Is there a chart for? Uh, yes, there I is. Hold our on. character for the uh, hole in the oak, but I don't see it anywhere in here. Uh, give me a second. I will find it for you. Adventuring, time, weight, and movement. Detailed encumbrance. Okay, so page 203 of the Advanced Fantasy Player's Tome. Detailed encumbrance in the bottom right corner of the page. 
203, you say? Yes. Um, so you just t tally up your whole thing. Remember, you need to add a flat 80 for all of your adventuring gear. Yep. Remember, too, that the smattering of coin that you got counts. Right? Uh, by the way, I bought some stuff. Yep. Tell you, tell you now, just so everyone knows. Mm -hmm. I bought a whistle. Mm -hmm. I bought a magnifying glass. And I bought a fishing, fishing rod and tackle. Sweet. There is actually a fishing procedure in this game. <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, add up your the, the smattering of gold pieces that you have, the 80 flat for adventuring gear, and then your weapons and armor. And that total, you're going to look at that chart under detailed encumbrance, and that's going to tell you your movement rate. Okay. The number to the left, oh, yeah. it, the number to the left is your exploration rate. The number to the right is your encounter rate. And then you're going to take that exploration rate and you're going to divide it by five, and that's what your overland movement rate is in per day per uh, in miles per day. I, I lost all that, but I will I will catch up on it later. That was a lot. All right. Do you see the chart? Mm-hmm. So do you have a number of what your total weight is? No. So but don't worry about it. I'll sort that out later. You said overland is divided by three. Is is and that sorry divided by five. Take take the take the main number. Yeah, divided by five. Divided by five. That's the number of miles you can travel per day. Perfect. Got it. Cool. I'm fast yeah. for now. I'm uh, twelve miles per day, gentlemen. Yeah, 24, me too. Twenty-four miles a day. <laughs> Good thing I'm chaotic and I'm leaving you behind, just like John requested. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, looking at the character sheet here, um, you see encounters, exploration, and movement, right? Um, yep. The encounters one, uh, the dex mod and initiative, you can basically just cross out. Like, we're not going to use that. Charisma modified or reaction rolls is... That's from your charisma. Um, very important. And then, let's see, what else? Yeah, unarmored AC is 10 plus dex, so you want to put that in. Um, and then melee and missile... Uh, modifiers you're going to pull from strength and dex. Those are for uh, combat attacks. Just remember that this is actually similar to 5th edition. Your dex does, or maybe it does affect it in 5th. I can't remember now. Anyways, dex only applies to attacks, not to damage for missile attacks. Um, strength, however, applies to both. What's the what's the base attack bonus again, John? That's under the Thaco column in your class table. But you're not going to write down the Thacko number. You're going to write down the number of brackets. It's zero for everybody at first level. So just put a zero in there. Uh, right. And got your XPs, right? Got all that stuff yep. put, put down? Okay. All good. XP um, should be zero, all right? <laughs> uh, oh, I've got 2250. Yeah, Ted's Ted's got the lowest with the fighter at 2000. So. Oh, the next level XPs, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No one took Friar or Thief and Cleric. Those are all like the, the speedy, the speedy classes. Right. Uh, You're making me making me wish I took a Friar every, every minute. They're pretty sweet. Hunters are dope though. Okay, uh, I think that's it for character generation, except for names, obviously. Um, I have also some lovely Dolmenwood flavor name generators that are, uh, uh, race and sometimes class specific. If you if you want, I have mine already. Is it basically um, uh, medieval England kind of names? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, they're like English folklore sort of based names. They're cool. Like the ones I have are actually really 
kind of cool. Well, uh, could I just go with Elfric? Uh, yeah, you can do whatever you want. As a as a knight, I would pick one of the lower houses of Dolmenwood, correct? Uh, you would, yes. You have to determine like which which house you're actually aligned with. So you could you could choose one of the lower houses, the noble houses, or you could choose um, to be a knight of the duke himself. Who uh, he, he um, all the other houses are vassals of the duke, of the duke of Brackenwold. Um, we are going to be starting in the town of Prigwart, which is in the um, almost the dead center of the forest, and that is actually under the realm uh, under the rule of uh, Lady Harrowmore, um, who rules from Harrowmore Castle to the north of Prigwart. Uh, so Prigwart is basically like a self-governing city. It's actually run by an elevated council of brewers, um, and they basically do their own thing. But technically, you know how these these towns are. They're sort of like they're they're under control of the noble, but the noble doesn't really give a shit as long as she's getting her cut, right? Um, anyways, the, the Lady Harrowmore would be um, if you want to be from Prigwart, which you don't have to be. You would be serve in service to House Harrowmore, but there are. Um, a bunch of other noble houses that you could be in service to. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, l- I'm looking at the uh, the ones listed on the uh, the knight page. Um, I'm assuming that the the little uh, uh, letter in brackets is the alignment of each uh, lord. Uh, that is that is N. correct. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. The, but that doesn't. Uh, yes. So, uh, Ramius, Malbleet. And it's one of the M's. I can't remember if it's Merkin or Mulbrick, but one of those those three are goat um, houses. Um, oh, which, okay. Which you, but but you can be you could be like I said, like it's all mixed up. So you can be um, a member of be loyal to one of the goat houses, um, and you do not have to be the same alignment as your lord. Um, well, I I love the idea of being of House Merkin. Um, I, th- I think it makes sense to be um, uh, a, a follower of uh, Lady Harrowmore. Lovely. Uh, little, I like the little bee on the shield. You want Harrowmore? Okay, cool. Or whatever that is. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, Lady Harrowmore, she is... Let's see. She is a famed intellect, um, an expert on matters historical. Um, cool-headed but not cold-hearted. Um, recently, she's taken a more direct involvement in the affairs of Prigwort, uh, bolstering the town guard against the growing presence of crookhorn ruffians in the area. Crookhorns are the corrupted bestial um, goat people. Uh, so, would, would I be, in terms of like class uh, uh, names, like would he be you know, of Harrowmore or? His last name be anything. Um, He's from that house, is he? You know, I guess I start as a squire at this. Yeah, level. you're basically like a squire, so you wouldn't even actually be able to call yourself a, a sir yet. You know, um, you would probably have a hey, knight, you. a knight who's mentoring you, uh, mentoring you. Um, but uh, in general, the idea is that if you're an adventuring knight, that you're basically like, you know, like a hedge knight, really. You know, um, but you're you're you are bound to House Harrowmore, though, so. Um. Uh, so you would probably have like your own last name as well if you wanted to, which I'm more than willing to provide if you like. Um, 
Let's see. I, I, I would not mind rolling for last names. Yeah. You, you want to roll for so last name? It's like name? one thing you don't get to choose. Sure. Uh, why don't you have Ted roll you a d30? Okay. A good this one, Ted. This is your last name, Matt? This is my last name. 11. Dreger. D-R-E-G-G-E-R. You don't, you don't have to take it. You can, you know. Actually, uh, oh, okay. I was going to say, if you don't want it, I'll take it because that's kind of the last name I was thinking of anyway because I'm thinking my guy is probably from Dreg. So, you okay. really something else? You can, you can have Dregger and I'll be something else. Okay. All right. This is for Matt. For real, the other one was for me. Okay. Uh, oh, Matt, 25. It's got to be a good one. Oh, Swinney, S W I N N E Y. Swinney. Yep. W I N N E Y. I also have um. Sponge bottom. I have uh. Well, you're funny. You should say that, Ted. <laughs> I have fighter nicknames and titles, um, and I have um, magic user monikers as well, like you know. Abernathy the blank, you know, that, that sort of thing. You can roll my, one my guy's, for me. Name, my guy's name is Snell Mudclump. So, hold on. Snell Mudclump? Mudclump. Uh, right. w- would it be fair to say that I already have my companion, or is that something that I have to No, do? you have to find your companion. Play. Yeah, you have to find it in play. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. John, I had gone for Elfric Birth Thistle, but if you want to roll me a... Uh, <laughs> If you want to roll me a what's what's the what's the, what's the last name again? Birthistle. B I R T H I S T L E. Birthistle. Okay. And Alfric is A E L F R I C. Okay. Uh. Does, it, does, does anyone a, else? Uh, yeah, I will. Yeah. Does anyone Elfric, else? The yeah. Idiot or whatever. I, I will. Yeah. Does anyone else have a name? Uh, yeah, my name. My name is Snell, Snell Mudclump. S- yep. N-E-L-L, Mudclump, M-U-D-C-L-U-M-P. Got it. Okay. Matt? I'm the brave uh, Halifax Swinney. Halifax Swinney. Good name. Strong man. Ted? I'm a mighty, a mighty squire. I'll be Argus Dreger. Argus Dreger. Doesn't sound trustworthy. D-R-E-G-G-E-R. Okay. Ted but roll- I would love to roll a, 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 a sure. nickname if you want. Sure, go ahead. All right, so uh, 16. 16, the bear. <laughs> that told, ironically, no doubt. <laughs> uh, and roll another D34, Mike. Okay. One. One. Uh, you are... Elfric Burthistle of Sights Yet Unseen. I'll be, I'll be right back, y'all. <laughs> Alright. Um, cool. First, it hasn't been anywhere yet. Sounds wizardy. Okay. Cool. Uh, Alright. Right. I'm excited. Uh, this is 
Yep, give me a second here. Let's see if I can figure out a way to share this puppy. A turn is like 10 minutes, right? A turn is 10 minutes, that's correct, yep. So I can do like my floating disc for like an hour, guys. So it's basically, it's like, we're heading back to town, let's throw everything on the floating disc and go, right? Yeah. I purchased some large sacks, by the way. Oh, that's a good idea. So I'm imagining that um, Argus, the bear, being from Dreg, it's just a, you know, sort of common man at arms. You know, he's obviously, he's not a knight, right? He's, he's not fancy anything. He's just a, not exactly a mercenary, I guess, but, you know, a man at arms. He, you know, he would be, and now he's gone off to do his own thing. Dreg being known for a lot of ill repute sort of things and he's decided to get out of town and go go adventure with you guys does that sound about right john uh, i'm sorry give me one second i'm just focusing on oh, things sorry. Sorry. it's okay uh say it again so argus is i'm imagining he's from dreg uh just a basic man at arms you know a guy who had some weapons and armor mm -hmm. and you know he worked he's not i don't see him as a mercenary so much but like you know he worked for somebody in town uh, you know, and and now he's done with that because it's a town of ill repute. He's decided to go adventure. Okay, great. Sounds good. I'm drag. Got it written down. All right, I I have shared with you guys. Um, you should be able to pop it out if you want to look. Um, uh, a basic Dolmenwood map. In the resources or N no, in in the, the in the chat, in Discord chat, in the video. I've shared the screen. Oh, in the stream. I see if I. Yeah. Oh, look at that. There we go. Cool. Hadn't tried that yet. So this oh. is um this is not necessarily accurate, but this has basically the the major features that um an average citizen would know. Okay, so right. um basically is what it is. It's like a hex map that has some features exposed, but um, don't assume that everything on here is accurate um, or anywhere near filled in. Um, so it's like a player map basically. So, uh, you can see that, uh, basically directly in this, so you see Lake Longmere, the main lake. If you head directly, if you head directly east of it, you'll see the town of Prewart, about three or four hexes east. You see that? Yep. Okay. That's where we're going to start. Okay. That's in the heart. Okay. Harrowmore Castle is one hex to the north of Prewart there. You can see that there, Matt. All right. And then to the southeast... Um, outside the forest proper is Castle Brackenwold. There is a direct, there is a road that that goes directly from Prigward to Castle Brackenwold. Okay, so Castle Brackenwold is the capital of the Duchy of Brackenwold, of which Dolmenwood Forest is the large majority of of the Duke's land. Okay, subdivided into his vassalages, um, which is uh, the varying re regions of Dolmenwood, which are not outlined here on that map. Um, in general. The um, this is very general, by the way. Uh, the goat lords have most uh, have their reign in the High Wold, which is basically the area to the southwest of Lake Longmere. All right, um, centered around uh, the town of Lankshorn. Um, and the 
let's see, the, the far west around Lake Longmere is shrouded in mystery with rumors about the Watchers in the Woods, or the Watchers of the Stones, known as the, the, the race of men known as the Droon, who hoard occult secrets and are very, very secretive, and the church hates them, and people distrust them and all this sort of good stuff. Um, directly to the west of Prigwar is the old abbey ruins of St. Clude, and St. Clude is actually the patron saint of Dolmenwood uh, itself because he is the only one of the saints that was actually martyred within the bounds of the woods itself, supposedly at this very spot, which the abbey was raised upon, but now it lies in ruins. Um, for There was a great catastrophe that destroyed the abbey. No one really knows what exactly happened, but the abbey was basically the, the foundation of the church's power within uh, underneath the trees of Dolmenwood. And after uh, the abbey was destroyed, the church never recovered its power. So in the olden days, there were shrines all, on all the roads and um, hidden deep within the forest. And uh, the presence of the one true God and the saints was very, very strong. But, uh, uh, but ever since the abbey was destroyed, the church's power has basically pulled back. So the church's power now is rooted in Castle Brackenwold, um, where, which is the seat of the bishop. There is a beautiful cathedral there. Um, and now all the old shrines are sort of lost and been taken over by the forest and um, that sort of thing. Uh, now, there are still plenty of like church dwellings in like the in the towns and in settlements and stuff like that. Like the like the, generally the people of Dolmenwood are pious people who believe in the one true God. But there is a strong element of paganism that kind of runs through those people because um, they're ancestral lines predate the oncoming of, of Peliotism. Uh, so, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? So one of the thing, one of the goals of the Peliotic church is actually to recover those shrines, to find out where they lie. Um, that's an obvious thing that you could always do for the church. Um, and of course the big one is to actually plumb the ruins of the old abbey and restore its greatness because that would be a huge boon to uh, the church. Um, but there are many forces aligned against that. So um, we're not going to go into all the differing things that are available to you, but I just want to give you a quick look at the map and sort of um, uh, put yourself there. Now, um, when I was so slowly accruing Dolmenwood lore um, as this stuff was released, you may recognize um, that the home base that you guys went back to every time in Hole in the Oak was called Castle Brackenwold. <laughs> and the, the inn that you were at was one of the inns in Castle Brackenwold. We will not be having it, uh, we will not be placing the game there, but it is a place that you can go to. Um, so just be aware that this is um, similar to, I guess, the closest thing that we've kind of experienced with this, at least as a group, is Pathfinder 2. Um, when we were doing the the second module, where we were kind of um, hex crawling through the jungle, right? Um, but it's it's like the only thing that's similar is that you're going through hexes and uncovering secrets. You know, what I mean, the, the the procedures and everything are going to be completely different. So it'll be heavy reliance on like uh, resource management, um, tracking your rations. Um, there are procedures for, uh, and they're really really fun actually uh, for fishing and foraging and camping. Um, like what you do in camp, like getting firewood and telling stories and um, uh, um, setting watch and all that sort of fun stuff. Um, weather will be a huge factor in the game. Every day we'll roll to see what the weather's like. I'm going to roll randomly for the actual starting date of the year, which I'm actually looking really forward to because that will 
change the whole outlook of the campaign. Um, you know, like every, I think every other campaign we've ever played, there's just always assumed that it's just sort of like temperate. <laughs> like everything's just I fine. Love this. I yeah. love this. You know, yeah. so um, once again, in order so that it surprises me just as much as it surprises the game surprises you with events, um, uh, a lot of this will be like procedurally generated on my part. Um, and similar to what I said way back in April with, with the uh, Stonehill one, um, I will never plan more than one session in advance, ever. So um, there will be no ongoing storylines or anything like that. I have a bunch of seeds that I will plant um, for situations and scenarios and quests and stuff like that. Very video game st style. Like you're going to have a lot of like NPCs with like exclamation points above their heads, right? <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, and you can pick and choose whatever you want to do, but I have no idea what you're going to do. Um, and you can go off into any direction that you want. I will never, I will only plan for the next session in advance. Um, and, uh, the weather will be a big part of that. So, um, how, you know, depending on the time of year that will affect everything. And what's really cool is that what, Ga what, <laughs> what Gavin has put together here is it's not just a simple role, like, okay, it's winter now make up everything else. He has like this really strong foundation of like what it's like at that time of year, what it means to be, uh, this day, uh, um, there's all these sorts of uh, crazy fairy stuff like unseasons that have a chance of happening and um, uh, just a lot of cool shit that's based around like really rooting it into a, a strong world. So should be pretty fun. Um, and just keep in mind that the whole theme of it is going to be it's very much heavily based on British folklore and fairy tale with all the inherent anachronisms um, and sort of time bubble aspects that that kind of um, uh, is reminiscent of, if you know what I mean. So you'll have like a mix of like, you know, Dark Ages stuff with High Middle Ages also, but the, but then sometimes you're going to meet a guy with a powdered wig on. You know what I mean? Just because these these tales kind of grew over time and, you know, um, became part of the culture through centuries and stuff like that. So um, it's very, it's, uh, you know, you're, you're going to find a lot of an anachronism. It's, it's basically the way it's going to go. But, um, and also it's not Germanic, right? Like there's a difference between like British fairy tales and like Grimm's fairy tales, right? That's a, that's a different thing, right? So, um, and I think a lot of them sometimes are conflated, but this is very specifically British, right? Um, and it's also not like Celtic really either, you know, but except for the stuff that the, that melange that is the English people stole from <laughs> certain cultures, like that, you know what I mean? So, so there is the notion of like she and stuff like that, obviously. Um, and uh, the the fairy houses and fairyland and all that kind of stuff, but it's a heavily um, the the arcane nature um, and uh, finicky. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, that's an F word for fairy. Um, fey. Fey. No, it's like uh, like finicky. Fickle. fickle. Thank you. Yeah, the, yeah. The fickle nature of the fey um, is very much a huge theme in the in the campaign. Um, um, and that there's always sort of like this other, other place that's sort of just to the side, um, but it's uh it's much I find it much more um, flavorful than the the five E Feywild, which um, it, it, this is uh, I don't know it's just it, it tickles me a little bit more than the, than, the, than the default setting for D and D. Um, so yeah, that's that's the plan. Um, so we'll start in pregnant work next time with those uh, characters, which I love. We got Elfric, Snell, Halifax, and Argus. Magic user, Hunter, Knight, and Fighter. Cool. Awesome. Alright, sound good? Sounds good, man. I'm excited. Cool. Alright, so... Awesome. 
Uh, don't hang up yet. Just let me uh, close out this uh, stream. So everybody, I'm hoping to uh, continue this on for as long as we can make it manage. So hopefully this will be the first in a long series of videos. Um, and thank you all for watching. And I hope this is the start of something cool. So we'll see you next time.